you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. My name is Randy Rubenstein, and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast. At Mastermind Parenting, we're on a mission to support strong-willed kids and the families that love them. You're listening to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast with Randy Rubenstein, and welcome to the show. Well, hi, everyone. I have a special treat for you today. I just hosted my Coach Week Live event, and it was a week of teaching my nice framework live and coaching people and talking about specific scenarios. And um, it was really an amazing week. And just to let you know what Coach Week Live is, it's my overview of the NICE framework and and really integrating the concepts into specific scenarios and giving lots of stories and examples. And, you know, because I don't know about you, but for me, reading, reading or even listening to new information, I don't always take it in and really integrate it into my life. And so what has worked for me and what in the way I coach and teach is I want to teach you a concept and I want to teach it to you in a variety of different ways, right? And humans are designed to learn through story. And I, and I tell a lot of stories and I take people's real life scenarios because I want to show you the practical use of these concepts so that you're able to then integrate you know, uh, more depth into your learning and, and, and really these practices into your life, because I believe that learning how to solve all the strong-willed problems by using the NICE framework, it transforms lives. It transforms your kid's life. It transforms your life. And so I'm just super passionate about spreading the word and teaching this to as many people as I can. So on day five of our Coach Week Live, on, on the last day, I brought on a panel of two pediatricians and a psychologist who also happen to be moms in my mastermind, right? So who have, you know, been a part of mastermind parenting. And, you know, this is where it's just so cool because when you sit down with people that, you know, like for me, I've helped in their personal life, and then they show up with their personal experience and all of their professional training and knowledge, like to be able to have a conversation, Lindsay, who works with me, and I know you guys have heard from her, for those of you who've been listening to the podcast for a while, Lindsay listens back to everything because once I've had a live experience, I it's sort of like out of my brain. I don't 
remember exactly what was said or how it was said. Even these podcasts, Lindsay, listen, I don't ever listen to anything back because I really believe in sharing my message and sharing it in an organic, authentic way. That's why nothing's ever super, super scripted or, you know, I'm always leaving room for me to just kind of share whatever I'm called to share. So a lot of times these experiences are out of my mind. And so Lin- Lindsay was listening back and she um, she said, I, I, I literally felt like I could have just, like, I just wanted to grab popcorn and just like, like take it all in. Like I was a sponge, just soaking up everything you guys were talking about. So we decided that we're going to share that conversation with the professionals, the mastermind mamas who are also medical and mental health professionals with all of our podcast listeners. So that's what I have for you today. Another little fun fact that I wanted to leave you with is I started recording these silly videos with my dogs and putting, and we put them out as Instagram reels. And um, I'm not the most adapt person when it comes to social media. Um, For a long time, my team has been saying like, make more reels, make more reels. So I started making these rogue reels. I don't really 100% know why. And it's starting to, I'm starting to realize what I think my, sometimes I don't even know my intention, but all I know is that recording me and my dogs and just like real life moments with my dogs, it's fun and I hope that um, it doesn't leave anyone thinking I'm crazy, but I actually do talk to my dogs like they're my children. And so for many, many years, people have been asking me to provide scripts and write scripts and, you know, just to, to really model what it would look like, what these tools will look like and, you know, in, in real life. And so, um, so when I coach people, a lot of times I will role play what, this might sound like with your kid. But it's been really hard to like go back in time and really identify what did it sound like with my kids when they were at probably many of your kids' ages. And what I'm realizing by turning the video camera on is that I am talking to my dogs using all the mastermind tools. So my dogs are if you follow me on Instagram and if you don't check it check it out mastermind underscore parenting on Instagram I have these doggy reels that seem to be getting lots of views and they're really like my dogs are really like kid props so I'm teaching tools and I'm going to be putting more and more and more of these out there and writing little blog posts that go with it where I'm able to teach the concept that I just showed in the video more in depth, but they're fun. And I think they are a fun way to learn parenting tools and to hear what people have been begging me for years and years and years to provide, which is what does it sound like in real life? Okay. So it's a little vulnerable to, (laughs) it's not that vulnerable because I kind of think it's funny that I really do talk to my dogs like they're little humans. And I'm also not saying that dogs and children, that your children are dogs. Like dogs are dogs and humans are humans. I just happen to talk to my dogs as if they are humans. So we're using them as sort of like four-legged little furry kid props. 
So take that with a grain of salt. So follow me on Instagram if you haven't. Check out my doggy reels, comment, like them, do all the things. And enjoy today's conversation with the professionals. Welcome to day five, where we are learning the NICE framework because we're getting busy transforming the lives of our strong-willed kids. What we've been learning is that it's really not the strong-willed behavior that's the problem to fix. It's what's underneath the strong-willed behavior, what's at the root of the strong-willed behavior, right? The strong-willed behavior is a symptom of something else we need to figure out. And we go through our NICE framework to figure that out, right? And so we start with N, just a recap of this week. We assess basic needs, right? We assess basic needs. All humans to survive need sleep, food and water, connection, that sense of belonging. I assert, although I have no research and the guests that I am having come on as a panel, they probably hate when I say shit like this because they're the scientists, they're the doctors, they're the ones who come in, who have gone to school for a gazillion years and they love data, they love studies. I don't have any studies to say that I think about 80% of the strong will behaviors that we see in our homes have to do with a basic need. So quite often we diagnose the issue just in the N wing. And then there's about 20% where we have to move on into the I wing. The I wing is we have to investigate and get to the root of this strong will behavior and, and, and understanding that this strong will behavior is a symptom and there's more to figure out. There's more to figure out. When we move on to the C-wing, that's communicate, right? Once we've diagnosed the problem, we have to know how to communicate and do the parenting, teach the people the new skills, right? Let them know what are the boundaries? What is the protocol? How are things shifting? We have this issue. We have this recurring problem. We have this recurring behavior and it's not working. So we're going to start doing things this way. These are going to be the new rules. These are the expectations, right? I understand what's been going on. You hit your sister because you were super frustrated. You were super frustrated and she wasn't listening to your request. And so you forgot the words. You forgot the words to say, you're in my space. Step back. You may not touch my toys, right? You forgot those words and you were so frustrated. And you also forgot that you can always come and let me know. Sister's space invading. Sister's touching all my things. I just spent two days building this Lego tower. I'm worried she's going to knock it down. You forgot to come and let me know that you needed my help. And so you had an oops moment and you whacked her over the head. Like, right? Like, is, am I getting this right? So we learn how to have these productive conversations. And then we learn how to listen. To, yes. Well, yes. Well, every time I come and tell you that she's doing something, then 
you never do anything about it, mom. And we learn how to believe our kids and and be these amazing communicative leaders who are like, oh, it seems like you you do come for my help sometimes and I don't help you. Well, that's got to be super frustrating. Yeah. I I can imagine so. Thanks so much for telling me. I needed to know that. This is important information. And so we learn how to have these productive conversations and communicate in a different way. There's a lot going on in the background to be able to do that. Very, it's almost impossible to do it in the heat of the moment. This is why this is our repair tool. Usually after things have gone sideways, this is what we, this is our roadmap to come back and to solve the problems, to come up with the protocol, right? And so we communicate in a way that our kids know, like, I get you. I believe you. You don't have to be in this defensive state. You can be in your thinking brain. And we're going to problem solve here. We're a team. That's what teams do. And and what we do at the end of that C-wing, that communication part, that productive conversation is the O and P-S. O and P-S is when we start establishing what the consequences will be. And today's topic is actually you know, setting those consequences, getting very clear on what they are, communicating them, and then enforcing them, enforcing the consequences. It's amazing how often we think, you know, people come in and they're like, just tell me what the consequence, what should the consequence be for this? What should the consequence be for that? And what I know is chances are You're not going to follow through and enforce that consequence. You're going to blow it off when it comes time to enforce the consequence, especially when you've established it ahead of time. When we've established a consequence for violence, for that bugging, badgering, space invading, bullying behavior, right? When we've established a consequence for causing a problem when and not following the rules and interrupting adults and 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 really having out of control behavior when we go over to grandma's house for easter right and coming and asking me for more candy or more even though we already had a rule established when we have a consequence for those moments and then it comes time to follow through on the consequence not to threaten when it's going down but to do the thing to to follow through on We have to enforce the consequence to follow through and be screen-free for 24 hours, to have an earlier bedtime, to deal with a kid that is wanting to argue and argue and argue with you when you're following through on the no playdates policy for a week because they were violent with their sibling. We got to make sure everyone in this home is safe before I can be sure that it's going to be a safe situation when I send you to other people's homes. It's okay. You're figuring this out. You're learning. It's hard. I believe in you, right? We learn how to communicate and then we have to actually follow through. And the following through and the enforcing part is really, I think, the hardest part because it involves us sticking to our boundaries. And most of us, bound this whole word, I know boundaries have become kind of this 
this this word out, you know, there's lots of books being written about it, especially for women. We have to learn how to have our boundaries. And maybe some of you are like me, where 15 years ago, when I went into this therapist's office, I just ran into her recently at the nail salon. And I was like, you were the person who taught me about boundaries. And now I have a program in, you know, in my, my membership community that is called boundaries because it was the thing I had to learn. Like this therapist, she was like, ooh, yeah, you need to read a book on codependency and start learning about boundaries. I'm like, what exactly do you mean by that? (laughs) So my dad being able to have a key to my house and show up every morning at seven o'clock when I was getting children ready for school and I had another mouth to feed, like I didn't know that I could say, hey, I don't like you having a key to my house and just letting yourself in. I don't like you coming over unexpected. And I really don't like you coming over when I'm getting three kids ready in the morning. It's super stressful. Like I had no clue. And so if I could learn this, anyone can learn this. Trust me. The codependency runs deep in my family of origin. Now my dad's like, says to my my sister, you and your sister and all your boundaries, you won't even give me your garage code. We're like, no, we won't. Absolutely not. We're not doing that. So we have to learn how to do this part. And that this part is sticky. It's sticky for most of us. And I shared that story because I want y'all to realize if you're if you start to beat yourself up at all, remember I talked about a few days ago, overwhelm, guilt, fear, these are like the the nemesis of being a good parent, feeling those emotions. It's not helpful. So if you beat yourself up about, oh, we haven't been consistent. Oh yeah, we have had rules. Don't follow through on the rules. Like I want you guys to know like you're normal. Boundaries are hard for all of us. Boundaries are hard for all of us, okay? It's why I have a whole program. Once people finish our Foundational Basics Boot Camp program, then they go into a program called Awareness, then they go into a program called Boundaries. This stuff is tricky. This stuff is tricky. I think that a lot of new age, including mastermind parenting, conscious parenting, gentle parenting, all these new approaches to parenting A lot of times, I think the mistake that is being made is that they're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. You know, um, I've heard many of these experts who have really like aligned content with what I believe talk about how consequences are never necessary. And I think that that is throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I think when you tell a parent that you have a kid that is acting like a dictator, hijacking your household, meltdown after meltdown after meltdown, and just stick with it and surrender and be as gentle as possible and never have any kind of consequence that helps you, that is a tool that helps you to hold them accountable, right? When you break these rules, screens are off the table for 24 hours. And you will be going to bed early. And just so you know, during those 24 hours and going to bed early, if there is a problem at all, meaning, but please, can I just have it back? I promise I'll be good. Any begging, that is badgering behavior. 
any begging or following me around or badgering or not just getting with the program. Just know it will be what we call oops day rules, the consequence, until further notice. This family is too important. It's too important for this family to run smoothly. And I know you're a good kid. I know we all make mistakes. We do. We all sometimes need oops days. Me too. And I'm going to take this very seriously. It is not an option to continue fighting with each other every single night and every single morning. It's not healthy. I love this family too much not to take this seriously. We're going to figure this out. I feel like without consequences, especially if you have a strong-willed kid and things have gotten explosive or violent and people are yelling at each other and there's a lot of tension in the household, like telling a parent, just stick with it, be as gentle and love. Like to me, this is loving. This is generous. Putting down boundaries and learning how to do it the mastermind way, to me, is one of the most generous and loving things you can do. And unfortunately, the odds are stacked up against us, especially as women, to do it the right way. But men too. You know, men have gotten the message, I think, in many ways that when you want other people to behave in different ways, like, like, be aggressive. And I think for many women, we've gotten the message that, yeah, your job is to provide value to other people and to make sure other people are good and happy and well taken care of. And so if you put down a boundary that's going to cause or take something away from someone that you love and it's going to cause them upset, like that's a major no-no right? Like it might go so against your conditioning. And most of us aren't thinking about this consciously. Just like when I went to that therapist's office 15 years ago, I wasn't thinking that my dad, even though I have this sinking feeling in my stomach every single morning, when I heard that key in my freaking door, I didn't know to listen. I didn't know that I could have a boundary around that. I didn't even know what a boundary was, really, right? So many of us, aren't thinking about these things. And that's why when I say this is parenting and personal growth, right? Because when we learn how to be more effective leaders, when we learn how to have boundaries, when we learn how to feel the uncomfortable sensations in our body, when we have to enforce that boundary, like, you know, and the way to do it really you know, the to enforce the consequence and to follow through on the boundary is you had a kid that was freaking out and doing all the things at grandma's and y'all had a whole conversation ahead of time and the rules have been established. And when you got home, you just got that kid to bed and the next morning things are going smoothly and you guys are on the way to school and you're like, oh, hey, remember, we got a screen-free day today. So be thinking about what you want to play after school and all the different things. Um, wait, what? What, why do I have a screen? Yeah, it's an oops day. Yeah, we're going to, it's a screen-free day and we're going to be going to bed early tonight. Well, yeah, remember? Because we talked about how it was going to go at grandma's and then it didn't go that way. Yeah, I'm not arguing about that. And you know the rule also, the PPS. If there's any problem 
any arguing, any begging, any badgering, any anything that has to do with this, just know it will be an oopsie until further notice. Yeah, that's not happening again. That was that was not okay. And we're gonna we're gonna do better next time. And this is how this will help your brain to remember. And and so when it comes time on the way to school, when you have you know you guys are getting along great, and you've got this kid that you walk on eggshells around a little bit. Now all of a sudden you have to spring it on them that they're gonna have a scream free day. You're gonna your brain's gonna be so tricky. It's gonna come up with so many reasons. No, it's okay. It really wasn't that bad. It's fine. And then we don't enforce the consequences. We don't keep our promises. And that way, next time when we're like, okay, and so just know, they're like, mm-hmm, yeah. Like they don't believe us because we haven't enforced our consequences before. We haven't kept our promises. Enforce consequences to learn from mistakes. Did you hear how I said that? To help your brain remember, we're going to do better next time. So we had a mistake at grandma's on Sunday. And now we're going to have this consequence because every time they're like, oh, I really wanted to watch that show. You're like, I know it's hard. You know, I know it's a bummer. Yeah, this is how you look. This is how you're going to, this is how you're going to remember. It's hard to follow rules. It's, it's okay. You're getting better and better at it. I'm not worried about you, right? This is how we learn how to help our kids actually learn from mistakes and we make it emotionally safe. It's very growth mindset for anyone who follows the work of Carol Dweck. When we enforce consequences, we do so sparingly. As you've learned, strong-willed problems are often solved when basic needs are met and we've taken the time to investigate to uncover the real root of our kids' behavior. You've also learned that communicating as a firm and loving pack leader to clearly establish expectations and boundaries is essential. And sometimes kids need some extra accountability from their nice parent to learn better self-regulation skills. This is when we follow through on enforcing the consequences we've stated ahead of time, right? We're doing it out of the heat of the moment. I want you guys to read more about that. It's never just slap, like a consequence slapped on a kid in the heat of the moment. And it's the first time they've ever heard about it. It hasn't been clearly established ahead of time is not a consequence. It is a punishment. And the research tells us that kids 12 and under do not change future behavior, do not do things differently next time, do not actually learn from punishment. All punishment does is cause them to feel isolated, alone, disconnected, and worse about themselves. And most often when when they're puni- when there's punishment on the scene, blame is close by. They're going to blame their sibling for getting them in trouble. There's going to be zero personal accountability because it doesn't feel safe. It doesn't feel emotionally safe. So consequences are very different than punishment. Consequences truly teach kids how to learn from mistakes. And it takes some practice and some problem solving to get this piece right. Um, Okay. I am going to call on three amazing humans. We are going to be here. I know you guys had an accountability assignment today that says, um, describe a recent situation where you imposed a consequence or something that you were saying was a a consequence. And if this is a recurring situation that you just don't know if this is the right 
consequence. You're not sure why it's not fixing the problem. It's something that has you stumped. Okay, so if you have a scenario that you're just kind of stumped on, I want you to put it in the chat box and I'm going to, and any questions that you have for the doctors. Let me introduce them. Let me bring on Sean. Okay. Hi, ladies. I would love for you three lovelies to introduce yourself. Let's just go in alphabetical order. Does anybody have the same name? No. Let's go in alphabetical order. I know. Carly, do you want to go the opposite <laughs> from the back of the <laughs> I know you just did that. Oh, um, <laughs> what the only thing I told them is I said, I want you guys to introduce yourselves. Let's just say that somebody said, what do you do for work? Okay. Carly, go. Okay. I'm Carly Dratty. I am a general pediatrician. And then I also ended up getting board certified in pediatric hospital medicine. So for my whole pediatric life, I've been an inpatient only pediatrician. So when kids get admitted to the hospital and I've done a lot of newborn medicine and gravitated towards that. So now most of what I do is newborns, some well, some sick, um, helping new moms who are just kind of starting on their parenting journey. Love it. You, you train other doctors too. Yes. I'm in a teaching program. So I teach residents and medical students. So Carly's a doctor. She's a pediatrician that trains other pediatricians. Like, I think we can all agree that anything you probably ever wanted to know or ask your doctor, your pediatrician, or wonder what do they really think or what's going on behind the curtains, here she is. Here she is. <laughs> okay. Next. Oh, Sarah Sean. Okay. Sarah, you're next. We have the amazing, as we like to call her in the mastermind, Dr. Sarah. Hi, I'm Sarah Miller. I'm also a pediatrician, but also an adult internist. So I did two residencies and see, therefore, every age. Um, I have a private practice outpatient and opened it up about three years ago. And it's a model where kind of a concierge type model. So I spent a lot of time um, with a small um, number of patients in my practice and try to make it a really personalized experience. And I love if you'll share a tiny bit about when you came into Mastermind, where were you working and and what made you open this, this concierge practice? Sure. I was in a group. I've always been outpatient, but I was in a group more traditional based um, practice and I got burned out by seeing so many patients in such short periods of time and not really feeling like I got to know anyone or got to solve any real problems, just um, kind of putting out fires. And I wanted the opportunity to really get to know people and help them solve and prevent problems and really get control of their health preventatively um, for both kids Kids development-wise, uh, you know, the, in kids, that applies more to probably getting understanding behavioral and development issues and in adults, really chronic medical problems, but getting ahead of these things. And it's been really, really gratifying being able to do that. Yeah. So Sarah was like 15 minutes when people are coming in with really big issues. Um, it's just not enough. And so she wanted yeah. to do things on her terms. And funny side note. When I first started my membership community, my mastermind, Sarah was just kind of this quiet 
member. Whenever I would have like extra experiences, she always showed up. She came to a lot of the coaching calls and I could tell she was working, but I never ask anyone what their professions are. So I don't know who's the doctors and who's that, you know, like it, it didn't even come out. And then all of a sudden, you know, so I could tell she was at work and I could tell it was, it seemed like a medical atmosphere. And then all of a sudden one day she was like, oh yeah, I decided that whole situation was like kind of fucked up and it wasn't really working for me and I was stressed out. And so I decided to open my own practice and a lot of the tools that I've learned in mastermind helped like helped me to be able to step into that. Am I putting words into your mouth or is this? No, no, it's absolutely true. I don't think that it was um, a surprise that mastermind and starting my own practice kind of grew together because I never imagined that this was never in my plan to open a practice on my own. And I think it will, a lot of it was because of the tools I learned through mastermind, understanding myself and this parenting journey and yeah, changed everything about my life. So cool. Okay. And next we have the amazing Sean. Sean, who is newer to the mastermind, she joined and ha has been a part of our last July cohort. So you haven't even been in for a whole year yet. Yeah, it's been quite a, not even year. Um, yeah. So I'm Sean. I'm a clinical psychologist and I am a clinical health psychologist. I've actually always been in healthcare settings, um, medical settings. My specialty is weight management and eating disorders. And so I'm kind of, I work, um, I left healthcare before I joined Mastermind and, and I have my own private practice where I see people outpatient, all adults that work, uh, that are working on chronic dieting, binge eating disorder, uh, kind of improving their relationship with food. And they may also have weight management goals. Um, and then I have a, a podcast that I love and, um, yeah, and Randy's done some wonderful business coaching with me. And I'm pivoting towards also training professionals that do work that I do as well. And I'm very excited about that. Okay, so these three amazing women came to Mastermind because they have a child that probably is similar to many of your children and my own. Okay. And so when you came into mastermind, just kind of briefly, will each of you talk about what brought you here? What was going on with your kid? What was the final thing that you were like, yeah, this, this is just not working. I got to do something different. Let's go in the same order. Let's just do it. I know y'all are all methodical sciencey people. So just do that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, well, I came to Mastermind because of my oldest child, who is my strong-willed HSP. I have three children. And I came because uh, I sort of, as a pediatrician, approached everything she was doing in her like developmental stages. That's how you kind of learn things. They're developmental milestones. And so when she was two, I could explain away things by the terrible twos. When she was three, it was the, the whole like three-day germs, reading about all, you know, okay, this is developmentally normal. This must be okay. We just got to wait it out. And we got to four and five and six. And by the time we got to six, it was like, okay, something, we need to do something differently. Um, and honestly, I've shared this with Randy. I didn't get, I don't know about Sarah, but I didn't get a lot of parenting training per se um, in my own training. I feel very confident in the medical side of things, but 
I didn't get a lot of just like the basics of parenting. We did stuff around like potty training and some kind of specific things, but never like a global, what is your strategy? What is your global approach to parenting? Like what mastermind is. And so I think when I got to that point and realized that this isn't working, um, I've shared this with Randy too. I was, I stumbled upon her podcast. I binge listened for like eight hours while I was cleaning. I burst into tears because for the first time, someone was describing my kid in a way that wasn't just that she was just a bad child. And I was just stuck with, you know, this was just the hand I was dealt. And I'll say, so we joined when she was six and uh, I wish that I had joined when she was zero because um, I have my youngest is four and just the, the, the things that we've been able to do from the start for her um, have just made a complete world of difference and for all three of my kids. Mm, love it. Sarah? So Carly, our journeys are so similar the way that you described it. Very similar experience. My, we joined because of my oldest too, who was four, who was four when we, when I finally made the plunge and a similar journey, you know, looking back, he'd been really challenging from the beginning, but one, I didn't have anything to compare that to. And two, I, I, you know, you, you're able to um, justify everything going along all those developmental years. They're meeting all their milestones. You can't put your finger on anything that's really wrong. It just felt really hard and I wasn't enjoying it. He was four and things weren't getting easier. We weren't growing out of those twos and threes and fours. I think also as a pediatrician too, I understood, I knew the sleep, the food, the potty training, like I had all that. I had the skills. I did all that right. I, I knew in my case, I really was meeting the basic needs and still he was so challenging. And I also, in my training too, really didn't get any more than maybe eight hours of real parent parenting. I mean, we had, we knew development, but not behavioral or parenting strategies. It was still, you know, time out for every one minute of year of age. That was like the, that was basically all we graduated knowing. And, and um, it's wrong. Don't don't and that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's wrong. Yeah. Time don't out for one year of age and don't stink. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> that is it. And so I was still coming into this thinking, okay, what are, um, it's funny that today's consequence um, topic, because you, my first question was, okay, what consequence am I not doing right? What is the consequence that I'm mm-hmm. obviously not employing properly? And um, I also got introduced to Randy through her podcast and heard my child in her explanations for the first time ever, same experience. And the way that she described um, her clients and also her Alec, you know, I saw my son in her stories about Alec and specifically to how she teased out some of these pieces of their personality that were so challenging, but also were their superpowers. And I loved hearing that because it was what I was feeling like. I didn't think that there was something wrong, but something wasn't right. <laughs> and so it was from there, I was hooked forever. Yeah. Love it. And Sean? Mine was a little different. So my it all started, well, I think it really started pretty early with my son. Um, he was two and a half when I joined and he we went on family vacation. We came back, we were on the airplane and he like bit my face through the mask and he like threw this huge tantrum. And I just, that was one instance that really stands out in my mind. Um, I also listened to the podcast first. I just was 
very desperate for help in a way like I had started my own business. My husband was really struggling with a lot of anxiety and there was just a lot of chaos in the house. And then my oldest uh, was five at the time or actually, well, she's five now. She was struggling a lot with sleep and I had tried all the like, like the kids sleep strategies in the world. And I, it was, I joined and pretty quickly, she's not as strong willed, but she is highly sensitive. Um, and pretty quickly was able to get that taken care of. And I'm super grateful for that. Cause she was just, we were staying up really late and like Garrett and I were just like, it was just chaos. Um, it you, was chaos. you, yeah, you solved that thing. You solved the sleep thing quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was all about to have her see a child psychologist. I was on a wait list and then I joined and then the psychologist like, okay, hey, sorry, I'm retired. Let me pause I'm you like, there. <laughs> Let me pause you there. That's part of, I think, if I really write my intention for having this panel of amazing women here is, and Carly and I were kind of talking about this. I believe in East meets West, right? Like I believe in Western medicine. I do. Like I, you know, if I, God forbid, got cancer, I'm heading straight to MD Anderson, right? And I'm also going to Brazil to some healing center and like exploring the woo, you know, I'm going to do whatever I can to heal. So I believe in Western medicine. I think most of us in the way the current model is when you have a difficult kid, we do things out of order. You know, I think quite often we're looking for the resource and this was me too. This was me too. Initially, we're looking for the resource to fix our kid. You know, I was looking for just the right book. And um, and so a lot of times we're looking for the resource, just the right, or just the right occupational therapist, right? Just the right therapist, just the right play therapist, just the right type of therapy, just the right external resource. We want to, like, we're going to outsource this. And, and so quite often people have gone through all those different avenues. And like Lindsay explained from her story, when her friend was like, you're coming to this parenting workshop, she was like, I'm good. <laughs> really, I'm good. And because she was like, what else is there to learn? I'm going to the best of the best. And so we do, we do what needs to be done out of order. Andy Rubenstein, and this is the Mastermind Parenting Podcast, where I share tips on how to solve any parenting problem. If you're in an absolute parenting shitstorm right now, I gotcha. Do this now. Go to our website at mastermindparenting.com and click on the live assessment button where you can schedule a live call to discuss your issue. My team is going to point you in the right direction, match you up with the best resource because we've been where you are and know that you want the tools that work ASAP. Don't worry, we got you. You can also go to mastermindparenting.com forward slash live dash assessment. That's live dash assessment. Get on our calendar right away. You will hook up with a live person to begin helping you immediately. Quite often in the mastermind, there is the 20% what I'm asserting is the 20% of strong will behaviors that come from something other than basic needs. 
and I have no data or statistics or research to back that up. So that's just my <laughs> throwing, throwing a dart. We quite often, there is something medical. There is, you know, the kid that's growling under the desk, all of a sudden, oh, they get diagnosed with dysgraphia, right? ADHD, yes, ADHD is a thing. I think quite often people go to that way, 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 and many doctors go to that way too early before it's like, well, okay, you got a highly distracted kid. Oh, they're they're um, disruptive in class. Let's talk about their sleep, food, and how are you guys like, like, tell me about how much time y'all are spending together and if you're feeling connected. Like there's none of that really going on or typically there's not a lot of that going on. And so I think quite often we're just going to this place of, does my kid need to be on medicine? And I'm not anti-medicine. I'm not a proponent of medicine. I'm just saying what we do is we put our heads together. We do what we can do at home first. In a perfect world, we're we're making changes at home first. And then like Carly was like, yeah, I realized it was development or, or Sarah, you know, like I was doing the potty train. I was doing this and this and this. And then at some point I was like, hmm, there's something else going on here, right? And so we put our heads together because it could be that there's something medical. We just do it in a different order than most of us are doing it. We 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 first attack how we can make changes at home and then we consult all the professionals. And the amazing thing is, is that it's just the same thing about consequences. People come in and they're like, but what would the consequence be for X, Y, and Z? And I want to get to some of y'all's scenarios. We just do things out of order, <laughs> right? We do want to bring in the resources and the medical professionals and and really good therapists. I love occupational therapy. I'm a huge proponent of occupational therapy, especially for kids that are highly sensitive and tend to have some sensory things going on. Sometimes medication is is a huge bridge for a kid, right? Sometimes medication can be a godsend. We just do things in a different order. And and so whenever someone comes to me and they just want to know what the right consequence is, I'm like, slow down. And it would be the same thing if I was the doctor. If somebody came in and said, do you think my kid has ADHD? I got all the, the teacher saying they're being disruptive. I'd be like, slow down. Let's, let's properly diagnose or, or, you know, may, you know, throw out some possibilities before we just jump to the medication and which is the right one. And then the medication management that may be coming, but let's see what we can do first. Like consequences may be in order, right? Sean had a situation. I keep talking about Sean's situation recently because I love when people like three-year-old situations are so simple for me to figure out, even though when you're the parent going through it, you're in your own blind spot and you're just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why can't, why won't he just get in the car? I'm picking him up from camp during spring break. I've got two different pickups. I just worked all day. I'm the kind of mom who's working and picking my kids up. I also signed him up for the damn camps and you're picking him up and he's monkey business and it's a shit show getting him into the car to go to now pick up his sister and um, to enforce a consequence when you actually solve that problem. 
No. I just needed to show up more calmly. Well, I just needed to master my mind. Yeah. Yeah. We just had to change the sentences. What was the sentence? Do you remember the sentence that you were thinking when he was pulling all that honky tonk? Um, it fluctuates between I'm failing him and uh, I forget what it was. He's never going to get like, it. It was it. He's never oh, going to yeah, get yeah. it. I'm not, he's not going to get it. I'm not going to get it. Yeah. Like this is never going to get better. Yeah. He's yeah. not going to get it. And so then I just had to like translate what little three-year-old will would tell Sean if he could, if he could put what he's doing into words and she was able to see his perspective and all of a sudden it was, it's not that he's never going to get it. He's just being three and I need to communicate. I need to show up and communicate in a different way to set him up for success and let him know the protocol and and what I focus on grows and I'm not going to focus on all the monkey business. I'm just going to set him up for success. He just wants to play. He's just been in camp. He doesn't really want to get in the car and be buckled up and then have to wait to go get sisters. So we just have to, we have to change some of the logistics and I need to communicate it like a pack leader. And I got to master my mind and think the helpful sentence and boom, boom, boom. You were like, okay, here's an update done, handled, solved, mm-hmm. moving on until the next issue comes up, moving on. Right. Yeah. Well, it's like the whole, this whole thing, it's a little bit, I think of it as like CBT for parenting a little bit, like cognitive behavioral therapy for parenting, because it's just like, oh crap, I didn't think I was that anxious, but Will's like a truth barometer, right? Like he's just like, oh, I see your anxiety. I see it. (laughs) I will make you work on it. Yeah. I will. This is going to be exposure therapy, mom, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like I, Pretty much fool everyone else, buddy. <laughs> He's not fooled. No, they're like mirrors. Yeah. It's like, I'm a, but don't you know, I'm a psychologist. I'm helping people heal from their disordered eating. Yeah, <laughs> I've got all this. I've got it all. Um, and then he's like, oh, no, but there's a tiny bit more. And there's a tiny bit more. We're still working on this. We're still working on this. <laughs> um, I also love, Carly, if you'll share a little bit, like when I talk about, we're doing most of the most of us are just doing it out of order. We're looking for just the right specialist before we go deeper and think, hmm, maybe there is something medical going on. I would love for you to share a little bit about um uh, uh, you know about Declan and 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 what went on with your son. Sure. So um he's now seven. Um, but I think this started, it kind of initially started when he was four and I guess he was probably three when we started with mastermind. So we were already kind of a year into the parenting piece and, um, he responded really well to a lot of the, you know, just kind of routines and things that we established through mastermind. And so things were going pretty well. And then we just hit a rough patch where his behavior was just not good. And we were kind of, you know, investigating the, the issues and, and, the turns out and, and even though we had like like Sarah mentioned, we know all of the things to do as far as sleep routines, no screens in the room, you know, all the sciencey kind of things around sleep. But ultimately we ended up finding out that he had sleep apnea. He ended up getting a sleep study. And I was trying to remember what actually um how we actually I know that it was through mastermind that somebody said you really should check more into his sleep. But I can't remember exactly the piece that led us to that. Um, but turns out he had sleep apnea, he had tonsils and adenoids out, and he was a new child behaviorally, especially. 
and we didn't know he was tired. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't yawning all day or saying he's tired or those kind of things. He was just breaking down, especially in the evenings. Um, but probably the the um, more interesting example is then, I guess a year and a half or so later, as I remember, he was learning to read. He was probably around five. He started doing this throat clearing that we actually thought was a. I went to our our doc and brainstorming together, pediatrician and I thought it was a motor tick because he was doing this kind of all the time, but especially when he was trying to read, it would get a lot worse. And he was even doing some things that were almost like compulsive behaviors, like the way he had to shut the bathroom door and just his behavior just was off. And we, you know, we had seen so much improvement after we fixed the sleep, we had had probably a good year. And then all this started, started happening and he has some allergies and, and eventually I just happened to, we were saying in the mastermind, there's something else like this, just something seems off. Why is this behavior so off? And then actually Amanda suggested trying a gluten-free diet to me because she said that sometimes she's seen, she's read some research that that could have some things to do with OCD type behaviors. And before we kind of jump to, does he have OCD? Is that his diagnosis? Um, maybe you should try that. And so I had a conversation with one of the GI docs that I work with. And um, said, you know, and I knew he specializes in eosinophilic esophagitis. I said, could this be something? And he's like, well, I've looked for less significant reasons. Let's look. And turns out he has he has eosinophilic esophagitis, and that's what was causing his throat tics. And and we ended up removing gluten, which is one of his clear triggers for his EOE. And the behavior piece just completely resolved. So he does not have OCD. All the obsessive compulsive type behaviors that happened then. And if you had told me, I don't know what Sarah would say about this, but if you had told me, you know, that would be the first thing that you would go to, I never would have gone there first. You know, I just was not on my radar. And so I think, you know, I think just, it's just such a, it's just such a wraparound approach of doing all the pieces, you know, and, and then just kind of saying like, we're, we're, we're doing these things and these are adding up, but something's wrong here. And what, you know, what could it be and what could we look for? So he had two very medical diagnoses that really made a huge difference. I mean, isn't that like, to me, I think that's so powerful. And what if every kid had like a collaborative team gathering around and, you know, a mom who knew that her kid's behavior didn't mean she was a bad mom. She was screwing them up. This was all her fault. You know, if the mom came in having the right kind of support so she can show up in leadership, she can be in her thinking brain and she can be do it. Like, like Lindsay said, you mastered the investigate wing. She's like, Hmm. Okay. We are doing the things at home. So it's almost like when you do, when you have mastermind going at home and you know that you're not shaming and blaming, you're taking care of basic needs, you're connecting before you're correcting, like all these truths of mastermind parenting. We have a, another program called the 10 truths of mastermind parenting, the 10 truths of raising healthy humans. And you're doing all those things. It's sort of like the elimination diet, you know, you're like, okay. And these behaviors are still happening. And in our modern society i think it's like you know everybody's like but it's an anxiety disorder oh my gosh you got ocd maybe they have odd and it's like okay slow down slow down there let's explore some of these other ideas and these other options and 
And it might even sound crazy. You know, it's like a lot of people, you know, have heard about the red dye and taking certain things out. It's like food is medicine. And, you know, many of us are just, I mean, I know for me, I'm just starting to get into the food is medicine and I'm like, I'm old, you know, and, and my husband is too. And so really like it's that East meets West. It's like, we're going to all put our heads together and we're going to figure this out. So that being said, let's get to some scenarios. I know we don't have a ton of time, but let's just knock out some of these scenarios. I would love to know what you guys think. Um, and for anyone that is interested in signing up for our basics boot camp program, which we have another cohort starting soon, I will stay on late. I will answer questions. You can, me and Lindsay will, you can ask in the chat box. Um, and we've got a new cohort starting and I hope that, um, you guys have found this week really valuable and I look forward to getting to know you, um, and for you to become one of my mastermind families like this, like there, it really does feel like a family. Like we really do know all the details. And when we can't figure something out, we put our heads together and I mean, we just figure things out. We get results, right? So, okay, Lindsay, you want to read some of these scenarios and and have them weigh in? My strong-willed child oftentimes rolls with consequences but does not really care. He had an incident at school where the teacher told him a consequence. Perhaps it was more of a punishment or he was missing out on an, on an activity. And he said, that's okay. So... What do y'all think about a kid that says, and this might be more you, Sean, like as the psychologist, what would, what would you say about a kid that is like, all right, it's okay. Mm, putting me on the spot. I don't work with kids. No, I'm like my imposter syndrome's coming up. No. Um, I mean, I think it's like, sounds like he's a pretty smart kid. Like he's like, this doesn't bother me. Like he's like, what else you got? <laughs> like yeah. Kinda, he likes it a little bit. Like, and, and there, um, no, yeah. I think, I think you just nailed it. I think mm -hmm. you know, it's like what, what, um, you said before, it's like, you know, you're like, I got the whole world. Like the anxiety thing has been solved. And then you're and then you have will. And he's like, mm -mm, I think you got a little more work to do over here, mom. Like they're such sponges. They know kids just pick up on everything. So this kid knows that the adults, rather than supporting him and helping to get to the bottom of why, why this behavior, kids do things for a reason. There's always a reason. All behavior is communication. So the adults, instead of finding out the reason why he did whatever the incident was at school or what was really going on or what was at the root of his unacceptable behavior. Rather than that, he just had a punishment slapped on him. And so there's a part of this kid who's like, I know all of you want me to be really upset about this. I know all of you want me to suffer a little bit. But inside, he's it's like this all-knowing little Yoda, because that's what especially our highly sensitive ones are, where it's like, wait a minute, something's super fucked up here. Like, why is nobody coming and getting curious and helping me get the support that I need, right? Like that incident happened 
because clearly something was going on that wasn't okay with me. And I didn't know how to let the adults know that I could use some support and use some help. So I acted out. And now I need all my adults to band together and to help me. And all you want to do is hurt me. And so I'm kind of pissed about it. And I can tell you want me, you're, you want me to feel certain emotions. And guess what? No, I'm not giving that to you. How about if you guys go and be the grounded grownups, get together, and instead of making me suffer, help me get the support I really need, right? Did that Was that expanding on what you said? Like, the, I mean, you know, where he's like, yeah, okay, fine. That's okay. Yeah, he wants something different, right? And Or yeah, he's like, I'm not biting on this, like, yeah, not feeling what you want me to feel. I don't want to suffer. I don't even think this is fair. I think this is bullshit. I mean, if he if he could talk, you know, he'd probably be like, "Yeah, this is this is bullshit. Nobody's helping me here." No, these, these are the kids who get labeled then as oppositional or defiant, or you know, they don't take the consequences to heart, and that's and they're actually these brilliant little Yodas mm -hmm. who are like, I like to call them the canaries in the coal mine, like like alert, alert. It's all going to implode. I know you can't see the danger, but I'm telling you, this is not a safe situation. Like these highly sensitive kids, especially in our traditional, you know, in our traditional school system. And I sent my kids to traditional schools, but there is a, it is a broken system and I love teachers and it is a broken system. And so all the behavior charts and all the, that, like all of that is so broken. And so these kids quite often are just like, yeah, this is not right. This is not the way things should be done. Um, I'll add to that. Will already does this. Like, he's like, I can't watch TV. It's okay. I'll try again tomorrow. <laughs> he already, he's like not upset by it. I'm like, all right, good to know. Yeah. Whatever. Um, okay. Olga says my daughter who's five still has bathroom issues. Potty training was hell and basically taking three years. Ooh, you're so medical. Um, she still refuses to go to the bathroom at school, um, and holds it for eight hours at a time at home. She's going to the bathroom. Bathroom is much better, but it causes major fights and tantrums. Okay. We need our potty training experts. Whenever I've got a kid with a potty training issue, um, it's never about the potty training. So I usually just put that on the back burner and say, just forget about trying to deal with the potty issues, make it a non-issue and then investigate what's going on. So the pressures off the, the toileting part of it, um, is usually my first message to parents. Um, cause there's always something underlying it that's not going to be fixed. I mean, of course, we do also approach some medical stuff is there withholding, constipation, pain. Um, but usually, um, if it's a behavioral thing, then it's there's so much pressure, especially if potty training was difficult and that carries over and it's just release. Don't even talk about potty anymore and then tackle and investigate what's what else is going on. It's so interesting to say that like it it's never about the potty train. It's kind of like picky eating. Like every once in a while, 20%, maybe not even 20%, it'll be something sensory, right? Like the kid who only eats white stuff or whatever. Um, 
But so often it's so not about the food. It's more about control, right? It's about control. What would you say, Carly, would you add anything to the potty training one? I agree with Sarah. I mean, I think um, usually the answer is put things on hold first. We'll come back around to it. Um, And then oftentimes you've gotten yourself into a cycle of, like Sarah mentioned, pain and withholding, and you have to sort of, um, so oftentimes those are not easy fixes. They're not quick fixes. Um, You know, as long as it took you to sort of get to that place where you're in that cycle, it might take that long to fix it. So I think sometimes you can be trying things and think they're not working, but it's a, there's a little bit more persistence involved um, Mm -hmm. too, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Of really like, um, you know, timed sits every day, you know, watching, really watching diet closely, getting on medicine where we're sure it's not going to be painful when they do go, you know, all of those kinds of things, but that, that you can't, um, you can't sort of undo some of that, um, in a, in a minute, you know, you have to really work on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's Lori saying her eight-year-old still holds her pee. Yeah. The withholding. And for some kids, like if it's at school, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, the, here's where the investigation happens, right? So like, I, if it's, especially if it's in, a, in one setting or is the toilet really loud? I mean, my daughter, actually my nine-year-old, we had to take post-it notes to Disney World and put the post-it note over the automatic potty <laughs> because she would be terrified if it flushed while she was on it. And so, um, you know, sometimes there's something to the setting. Are they afraid that somebody's going to walk in? Are they afraid that um, you know, those kinds of things. So getting really underneath um, and, and talking to them and trying to figure out um, if there's really more to the story. I used to have to do that with Avery. I would just take tear off a piece of toilet paper and put it over the sensor. Um, but then somebody else would come into the bathroom and then it would be that super loud flush and she'd like get so startled. <laughs> and I, I kind of have a little bit of a thing with public bathrooms in the first place. And I was just like, the whole thing was very stressful. It was very stressful to me. We laugh about but it. I think that's the point of the whole thing, right? Is that in doing this kind of stuff, like it's hard for us to just sort of hear one prompt and say, this is the problem because it really does take, you know, investigating and trial and error and time and um, and, and working in, you know, working on the medical piece with your pediatrician and then exploring the parenting avenues. I mean, I think that's the whole idea of today, right? Is that it all has to kind of happen together. And if your pediatrician is saying, is saying, yeah, well, timeout works, just don't spank your kid. You know, if they receive that training, then also think about like who you're looking at as your resource and and maybe they're your person that you take your kid to 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 see what's going on if they have strep throat or you know you know for the well checks to make sure we're hitting all those milestones but that's not your resource for behavioral strategies and and unfortunately i think that is more the norm than we realize people turning to pediatricians because there's some perplexing situation with their kid and they've been going to this doctor this is my this is my 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 baby expert and now my child expert and so i've got this thing and you've known me since i first had this this baby and then you've got a doctor telling you to do it wrong <laughs> but yet they're you know they're the expert they're the all-knowing doctor and um 
And I think that it, you know, it's like you have to, it's kind of like when you read a book or you come to something like this, chances are you're not going to agree with everything. And this is where I say like, like, you know, it's like the rent the runway business um, is really a dry cleaning business. And mastermind parenting is a parenting. Yes, we're parenting program. And really it's a women's leadership and empowerment program, because I want every single one of you to have the confidence to disagree with your doctor, you know, to look even deeper, to decide I'm going to use, yeah, I, I, I really like my doctor, not so much maybe for behavioral strategies, love them for diagnosing tonsillitis or whatever, right? And so you are showing up as that pack leader who is 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 sourcing and also, you know, realizing like this is even the case like with my doctor or this doctor, a, a man who went through the mastermind who's now my husband's doctor because I knew he was such an amazing doctor. And we lately, he's really into women's health and and we've been now, we're friends now. And so we're talking about things. And so he's like telling me, he was like trying to put Scott on some cholesterol medicine. And I love him. I do love him. And me and Scott are having a conversation about it. And I'm like, hell no, we're not going, not yet. You know, we're going to try a lot of other things. And we still love this doctor and we still really trust him. It just means when it comes to this piece, we're going to do our own sourcing. Right. And so you have to have a lot of confidence to, to have, you know, to come from that place. Okay. You guys have been so generous with your time. And um, I could just talk to y'all all day because I just love each and every one of you. Any lasting, anything that you want to leave people with or any final thoughts? I think the thing I was just going to add, that I was thinking as you were talking about all these scenarios I look at and I'm like, gosh, I would feel pretty anxious, like with a lot of those scenarios, right? And I did feel very anxious coming into the mastermind, even though outwardly, I wasn't really presenting so much as like, super anxious. But I think what mastermind for me has done is like, have this safe space to come and know that I have people that have my back. And so I can show up with a lot more confidence and be like, yeah, we're going to figure this out. Like, I still don't have my sons hitting completely under control. But I'm like, we're gonna, I'm gonna figure it out. Like, I'm not he's gonna do three. It and he's three. Right. And he's three. And like I don't, I mean, of course I fall back into my mindsets in the moment, right? Where I'm like, we're not gonna get this, but mostly I'm like, we're gonna get this. And I think there is, even in psychology, there's a very symptom focused way. Like we, we're very behavior focused and symptom focused. And and there's I think there's so much room for getting at root causes in most areas of Western medicine and traditional approaches. And I think that that's what we're able to do here. And I think it's awesome. So I don't know, that was just the thought that I wanted to add. I love it. I love it. Yeah, completely agree. I think that, you know, even in a practice like mine, when I have an hour, hour and a half for well-child visits, um, I still, I I don't have the skills that Randy has. I, I need her for my patients to have to be able to have that investigative role, uh, figure out the bigger picture and help the families and children work through and figure out what's going on. It's a, I think it's a really necessary lacking um, part of healthcare, not just, not just, um, 
like therapy, but health, our health care, um, our pediatrics care. We need um, this ancillary service as much as we need a psychologist, psychiatrist, therapist. We need a parenting coach. And, um, so I hope everyone's, I hope you get a lot of people who join. I hope people see the value that you've brought to our lives as parents, my life as a pediatrician, and my patients' lives. I love you. <laughs> Miss Carly. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, well, and, and I think, um, I think just knowing that nothing is, is really a quick fix. And as you say, Randy, like it's messy being human. And I think that would be my message for this. And especially that's definitely been the case in my own journey is that, you know, the answer of going to your pediatrician with a problem and thinking in 15 minutes that we have it all in our brain to say, I know exactly what this is and you should do this and this, and we're going to put you on this medicine and that's going to work. You know, it takes time and it takes multiple different minds sometimes putting their, their thoughts on it. And, um, and so I think, you know, everybody that's here today is here because they want to do that work, right? Like they want to really get to the real root of what the issue is. Um, and so I think, um, I think if people are on the fence about joining, if you take that, um, 12 weeks, you'd really be hooked because you'll see where you, that you really, um, can, um, can just address so many things in your, in your, in your whole life, not just with your kids really. Um, and, um, and then it just kind of snowballs from there, right? Like then, um, you know, you kind of see where, where that gets you. And then you figure out like what, what left, what is there left to figure out and where do you need to sort of pull in the occupational therapists and the other folks, but it just sort of gives you, um, just sort of a, a basis and a framework to kind of figure out what, what really the issues are, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that you don't have to figure this out all by yourself. Like, right. you know, we're not going to, it's so hard to problem solve and show up in this level of pack leadership. If you're in fear, if you're worried, like, you know, like, is there something wrong with my kid? Is my kid going to be okay? Like, what does the future look like when you're in that state and that, and you're in total fear? Um, I mean, how are you going to be able to get to the bottom of this and, and, and be the nucleus of his care team or her care team, right? Like we've got to be on our A game. It's kind of like, if you're going to go in, uh, if you were going to run a marathon like you're not going to go party all night before you go run a marathon. You're going to be like making sure that you you you're getting just enough sleep and you've got the just the right thing to eat for you know like like this is a this is a grueling thing figuring this out. When you have a difficult kid and raising kids in general, it's freaking exhausting and that we've got a lot at stake. Like we have to be on our A game and there's no way to be on your A game. I don't think without the right support. And so, um, yeah, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for, I know you're all very busy, busy people. So thank you for prioritizing this and being here. And I think that, um, it was really valuable and you're going to, it's going to help a lot of people. So thank you guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to take each of you off one by one. And now Lindsay and I will stay on for anybody that has any questions um, for us about our basics boot camp program. Um, Lindsay's available to chat with you about your specific situation. If you're 
wondering if you're not, if you're, you know, curious, if you don't, if you're worried that you're not going to be a good fit or you, your brain is playing tricks and saying, um, but what all does it involve? Are you really going to, you know, what if I can't come to the calls or what if it's at the wrong time? If your brain's going into all that and you want to talk to Lindsay, she'll give you all the specifics and all the details. Um, again, it's, it's, um, oh, to sign up, you go to mastermindparenting.com forward slash basics dash bootcamp. And our basics bootcamp program is 12 weeks. And we, we take you through this nice framework and, um, and we solve all the problems or we get busy, um, figuring them out, diagnosing them, walking you guys through, making sure that we start to have families that, that are not exhausted and sleep deprived. Um, okay. Joyce says, are the basics bootcamp zoom calls recorded in case I cannot attend one? Everything. Let me just say this. My goal in life, like I'm a gift giver, and also if I have a parent that comes to me and is signing up for my program, I take your time so seriously. And I make sure I do everything in my power. Not only are the calls recorded, not only do we have an app, not only is it all available from your cell phone, not only do we send you text reminders five minutes before a call, not only, not only, not only, right? Not only do we use this amazing call button, call this app called Voxer, where we're giving you coaching during the in-between moments. Like I'm an intense person. That's why that's why I get to know, that's why like I, Sean and Carly and Sarah, like I know all the details. Like I want to feel like I'm living with you and we dig in and we like, we get into it. And, um, this is what I love to do. Right. I like to say I've created the community. I kind of couldn't really find in real life and don't, nobody feel sorry for me. I have friends. I have friends. And this community, like I am a fierce mama bear. So I want things to be convenient. We show up in excellence. We're so proud of our program. We're so proud of what we do because we are transforming the lives of kids that quite often go through childhood feeling misunderstood and are often misdiagnosed, right? I take it very seriously. And, and so not only is this, does this transform the lives of those kids, it, you know, living with a kid that goes through childhood feeling misunderstood and is often misdiagnosed, guess what? They're not fun to live with when they're in that state. It's, it's, it's hellish for everyone living with them. So it tra this will transform the life of your entire family. So yes, yes, call. That's my long. That's my long answer for. Yes, calls are recorded. I look forward to getting to know you even better. For those of you who are going to join and be in our next cohort, and if not, make sure that you continue listening to the podcast um, and applying what you learned this week. All right, that's what I got. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening today, guys. I hope you picked up some tips, tools maybe some baby steps for creating more balance and boundaries in your life. 
And I just wanted to let you know, if you want to continue moving the needle forward in creating this for yourself, having a happier household, I want you to go to my website and check out mastermindparenting.com. We have three beginning programs. And if you need some accountability and more support, then please look for the one that would be a good fit for you. Um, And as always, we're on all the social channels under Mastermind Parenting. On Instagram, it's mastermind underscore parenting. Um, And, you know, periodically I do pop up on different Instagram lives, Facebook lives, where I give you teaching and coaching. And I love engaging with you live to help you help your strong-willed kids so that they can feel better because when they feel better, they do better. And um, I love, love, love getting to know you guys. So thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Super, super appreciative.